Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Um, my name is Cooperage McLean. Hello, Will Duggan. Hello, Laura Lax. Um, please come for a lovely day out at the gorgeous island at the top of Wales, uh, Unismorn, a.k.a. Anglesey. Full kit size your wine because we can laugh so much. Are you recording? <laughs> yeah. Where are you going? Are you really sponsored? Do you need that much kit to go for a cycle? So it's... Uh... 9.21, and we are on the road to Anglesey. And Will, it appears, should have had coffee before we left. No, 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 I'm not in a bad mood. I just think this prick, look at him. He's just cycling, No, mate. but, he, no, but the, the effort. He could have got an extra five miles if he just put some jeans on. Also, he's of an age where he's not cycling to work. Why come out and do your fancy road cycling while everybody's driving to work? Yeah, good point. Fuck off the retired. <laughs> no. They are our main demographic. <laughs> Not for this. No. They're the main demographic at the places we go. Do you and ma- who is this for? Laura, I wish I knew. So we parked up, we're sort of um, just past the bridge, maybe half a mile onto the island, and we parked the car up, our family have lost each other, and this is where, um, so I've actually been here with Kiri before, and it's sort of like, it's not a big thing, it's just a nice thing to do. You walk through a wooded area, you go down a hill, and then you get onto this church island. Now, it's going to sort of reveal itself. Down here. Oh, it's not for the faint hearted, is it? This little slope. Wait, is it the right way then? <laughs> I think so. Will's immediately got us lost. We're just in some woods, really. It's a bit down here. 
Okay, I trust you. Okay, so we're going to a little thing called Church Island, which is a sort of war memorial graveyard. No, it's a war memorial. I think it's just a graveyard. Okay. I think it's um. But yeah, when I was here previously, it's very much. It's like a little causeway. It's only accessible by foot. You can't drive there. Uh, and then it's just a church with a graveyard. But it's really interesting because some of the graves are really old. It's the kind of thing that I think if you lived near here, you could easily not do. Yeah. And you should. If that isn't what natural treasures is, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm interested in, because I'm interested in the history of uh, Anglesey and Athlon because um, it it's so featured in all the books I've just been reading about Boudicca and like, this is where the dreamers in that story uh, lived. This was Mona, you know, it was this unobtainable island that the Romans couldn't get to. Yeah, I suppose, because we'd driven over the bridge to get here, and that, as we mentioned, was built 1850, which is about 1850 years after the Romans came. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I can see it. It's just to our right through those trees. Oh, I think it must be low tide. Which I imagine is good, because uh, it's tidally accessible. Yeah. <laughs> if I'd brought you here, got you lost, then gone, well, we can't get on. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is just unimaginably beautiful. So, it's, it's not only accessible at low tide, but it's obviously a very old like sea break, wall break, from the Menai Strait. Uh, it's Innis Cilio, which is Cilio's island in Welsh. And he's a seventh century saint. Whoa, so 600s, okay, so yeah. this is. So his dad was a king and he built, he became a monk and built the first church here in 637. And the building that we can see is from the 1200s, the 13th century. And it still has uh, services. It's quality. Wow. So the earliest graves on here are from the 18th century. There are some older ones set into the floor of the church. It is a war memorial, like you said, Laura, but it's not entirely war memorial. There is one as well. Oh my goodness. Okay. And apparently there's a lot of plants that you can look at on the walk around that are like obviously exceptionally tolerant of seawater. You can see all sorts of seabirds out playing in the water. What's nice, so where we are, oh, so we're off, if you don't know the geography of the UK, Innesmon, Anglesey, is a small island off, as Laura said, the northwest tip of Wales. Now, the Welsh language is making a resurgence and has been for about maybe 30 years. But before that, the English government really tried to get rid of the Welsh language. This is one of the areas where... Is it illegal? Yeah, at times it's illegal to learn, illegal to speak. Mm. The English couldn't marry Welsh speakers, sort of thing. Um, but this area remained Welsh-speaking. In fact, I went to university with a guy who was first language Welsh. Uh, he was Welsh-speaking as a learn English at school because he didn't speak the English of it. Matthew Jones. It's a nice language. Would you want a sticking up head gravestone or a lying down flat plaque kind of a thing? So, ideally, I'm going to be cremated rather than not be buried. Um, but if I had to be, like a flat one, I think. Something a bit old-fashioned about it. 
Yeah. So yeah, this person here, William Jones, buried here, died in 1956, aged 83. So when was he born? Like. 1873? Yeah, 1873. Incredible. What does it look they're sharing? Look at this. Th that grave we see there is Elizabeth Jones, her husband William, who she was older than. Mm. And also Jeffrey Lloyd Davis and his wife Vera Alice Davis. And I wonder if that's this looks quite quite a new grave story. I wonder if that's just yeah, they were the same age. Yeah, you're right. A stone to her, their memory, or are they buried there? Um, well, I know we just buried my grandpa and sprinkled some of his ashes at sea and some of them with my grandmother, so I assume he'll go on her headstone with her. No, what I mean is, I get that, that the husbands and wives, but it was two husbands and wives. I wonder if they're b daughters or something Maybe. there. Maybe. Like son and his I'm wife. Oh, there's some people kayaking out on the water. See, that's obviously another thing you can do when you're here for the day. If you believe in any kind of athletes, couldn't want a better view, could you? Look at that house over there. Yeah. I wonder who lives there. So, looking out... Is over that the bridge we just came in on? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just underneath it is this sort of big white house on its own little island with what looks like a palm tree. It's not. But it bloody well looks like one. Oh, God, that person's under the water. Are they doing rescuing? I really hope so. Otherwise, otherwise, just watching a man drown. Thank goodness. No yeah, I think they're practicing writing themselves. <laughs> oh, look, here's a memorial bench. The feet of the bench are a gravestone. That's a very fancy grave. Yeah, there's like a weeping angel with a broken arm. Underneath a like metal cover, which you imagine plants have been grown up at points. That looks like a whole family plot there, doesn't it? Yeah, it's all sort of gated off. Big column made of marble. An obelisk, yeah, from 1902. Some of these graves look really quite new, don't they? I don't know whether they've just been done well or cleaned up recently or... I wonder, though, if it's... Because um, it's quite a small community mm. and a lot of people... Uh, this guy here, Owen Jones age 60 and his son who died in world war one wow. somewhere in france is a soldier's grave lies our dear son that's rough gets mm. me that kind of thing yeah i'm not one for uh <laughs> you know uh over mythologizing the military when he goes oh god you have a guy born here you know born sad just sad really but the, the geography of the place is incredible. Yes, it is. You can see why somewhere like this would become a church and then be like, that's why I want to put them to rest on this like peaceful little spitty sort of round bit of island. Yeah. And quite nice that, you know, five graves ago was a guy who died in World War One and a woman that died ten years ago. Just like, it's not just history, it's part of the modern world. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, when I left university, I lived in a converted church that had become flats. And um, it had only been decommissioned like 20 years previously. There was a graveyard in the garden. Huh. And the, gov the council had to get in touch with all the families of the deceased to say, you know, we're, we're going to move the grave from here to here. But there were two or three, but they couldn't find any family off. They just left them there. Ooh. So in the summer, you, know, you see the kids playing, just like running around the graveyard. 
which is kind of disrespectful, but also kind of lovely. Would you feel disrespected if someone was playing where you were meant to be remembered? Never mind that. This guy's called William Williams. Ah, <laughs> oh, but in brackets, Billy. I like it when they put like bracket stuff on there, like, hey, this is what he was actually. There's a little cottagey type thing that looks like it's used for maintenance of the island now. Oh, look at that epic crack down that one. Yeah. Sorry, I think God likes you. <laughs> Oops, some steps that make me wish I wasn't wearing a jumper. And here's the war memorial. Oh, I love you. Gosh. The water is so incredibly greeny blue today. And there we go, that's, that's really... There's a seabird or something flitting about in the water down there. I Just see. in the middle of that sparkly bit, it almost looks like it could be a seal. I bet they get seals up here. Oh yeah, yeah. The Menai Straits that we're on, isn't it? Like, what, what is that? Is that going to the Irish Sea? The North Sea? Oh, I don't know what any of the seas are called. Oh, this is lovely. And the thing with this place is, as well, it is just past the bridge. So if you're coming to Anglesey, why wouldn't you just grab a break? Yeah. Get a little... Got a view of Sodori National Park there. Yeah, I mean, the mountain's just peeking out over the trees. Incredible. I've got a photo of the mountains, but it, um, it does all depend on how good Steve Jobs and his bits are, whether you can see it. But do you know what? Come and see it. <laughs> back off the island now and I do have to say the path to it is actually brilliantly very good <laughs> straightforward <Hate>. tarmac uh, <laughs> we just didn't come in on it um, so we're gonna go and meet a lady called Margaret who is going to show us around now will you're better at the Welsh pronunciations than me Stan. Stan so the W would just be silent okay we're going to the Stan Heritage Museum We'll ask when we get there. Yeah. But either way, we're going to a heritage museum now. We're parked up. It's a pound for an hour's parking, or three pounds for two hours. So we're going for the old one, and we'll come and put another one on in an hour. So, Anglesey, if you're listening, we've forwarded you. <laughs> it's very beautiful around here. The houses, look at that house up there on that hill with the big yeah, glass front. Nice. Like, there's some money around here, isn't there? The thing is, though, can I have my phone to take a picture of that nice house? Um, now, is there money around here, or is property quite cheap around here? Because, like, as lovely as it is, I can't see it being prime, you know, we must move here. Really? It feels like that's exactly the sort of place people would go, we must move here. Do you want to move here? Well, not me, I'm busy. Well, I'm busy too. <laughs> well, all right then. So we can see the cottage. Well, it's definitely on that side of the... Yes, but we do need to be on the other side of a, a small hedge. So we're going to work out how to do that. We found the entrance to the museum. It's a little grassy track. And the cottage is like a little low thatched cottage that you can see there's a campsite nearby. Feels like a very holiday place. I mean, we're here at that heat wave in September. And um, we've seen like children riding these little hireable tractors and hireable canoe. canoes. 
a man in a one in a one bed tent covered in sun cream. Yes, drinking a beer with a big old dog. Um, yeah, so here we go. Criso is Satan. Croiso. Croiso. Okay. Fully restored thatch cottage. Maintained and run by a group of volunteers, which receives no regular external funding. So, we will give generously. Oh, and then you turn the corner, and there's this sort of lime-washed cottage, with thatched roof and little attached barn, and a mangle outside. Oh, it's wonderful. Okay, and a little, uh, a little front door. <laughs> Isn't this fantastic? Okay, so I think the idea of the museum is it's a cottage sort of preserving the way of life from this area. Um, okay, so going through the doorway, quite a high doorway. Yes, but for us we're quite short. Okay, and then, ooh, to our right, there's a sort of little pantry area. Yeah, lots of different, like, uh, earthenware, glassware. Pots and pans. A mincer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some sort of woven baskets. Because there's a restaurant over the road called the Lobster Pot. So imagine sort of fishing and lobster we're right, catching. Yeah, we're right by the sea. So yeah, the pantry. You're right, it's the pantry. Ah, this cottage is a typical example of a small Welsh homes of the period circa 1900. So about turn of the last century. To right the pantry. Was always situated near to the door. The small window, slate, slab and meat safe was the coolest part of the house. So this is a typical example of like what small Helsh, Welsh, Helsh, Welsh homes of the period. So yeah, turn of the last century. And I just said all of that. I said, so yeah, you're right. I was agreeing with yeah, you. Yeah, because I just read it off that sign. What a wonderful day we're having. <laughs> Good okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, you just... It's amazing anybody survived, isn't it? Yeah, the spinning wheel. Okay, and then the main room, it says, is all, yeah, centred round the fireplace. Oh, isn't the sound dead in here? Yeah, so they've got, um, there's a fireplace, like, with a full range, just to the right, under a real low beam, and then a little cupboard next to that, and then I love that they've got uh, dressed-up mannequins at the table, and a little cuddly toy dog. Beds up there. Oh, yeah, 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 and then above the main room, there's a spinning wheel and the dresser, and then up... Like a ladder into a well, you'd call it a mezzanine now if you were selling it on Right Move, wouldn't Certainly, you? Certainly, yeah. I'd say it's a mezzanine, um, one bedroom mezzanine with sea view. I wonder though, because if there's, is there, is that another? Is it a, like a bunk bed bedroom? Yeah, it looks like it might be. You'll see in the picture we put up that there's a dad, a child, and then either another child who looks very old, or <laughs> they didn't have a mum. Like yeah. Um, so it's a just classic family. Maybe one or two beds up there. Yeah. And then another bed in there. And it'd be toasty warm up there. And then, yeah, you carry on down. That's interesting. We, we said this. You and I have said this in the past. Stone. It's really good because it's a very hot day outside. It's that September heat wave. So my car said it was 26 degrees when we arrived. But it's quite cool in here because of the stone. But I bet in the winter, with the fire going, it's quite warm in here. Mm. Why did we stop using stone? It's probably not... Well, it's very hard to get, I suppose. And some places do still use stone, but I guess bricks are just easier. What's interesting, though, is that it, it is like almost like a one-room house. Yeah. But they've divided it up with wooden dividers. It also, it reminds me of... I don't know if you ever stayed at, like... Obviously, it's nothing like a cheap travel lodge. But you only go in and everything's just on a corridor. Really yeah. Homes in South London do this, whereas the corridor goes front door, straight, 
and there's nothing on one side and the other side is all of the features. Yeah. I wonder if that's what the choice is. This edition of the Bible, so there's a Bible and plastic wrapping in front of us, was one of only 32 which were the first to be printed in Wales in 1770. By Peter Williams, who's a prominent leader of Welsh Methodism. You know, I was going to say it was something Methodist because behind us a couple of ornaments and a glass sort of like bowl that has inscribed on it, give us this day our daily bread. And I always think of Methodists when I think of that sort of... <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, we can't look in the Bible, so I think it might well be Yeah, original. I mean, it's... Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah, but it's like... It's I, one of 32 to be yeah, printed in that's Wales. That's amazing, it's just there. Yeah. And then underneath the mezzanine... Oh, this must be Mum and Dad's room. Oh, you'd pay a lot for that in an Airbnb. Do you know, me and my girlfriend went to stay in a little Airbnb in a Whitstable... Very cute. And it was like um, a prefab sort of metal building on the outside. It looked like a sort of a separate conservatory sort of thing. But the inside was done all... It was made to look like that. It's lovely. Imagine going back to 1900 and telling just a wretchedly impoverished Welsh family. Oh, yeah, they'll pay hundreds of pounds a night for this. <laughs> would it, do you reckon it would have been like whitewashed back then? Is it I lined, so, maybe you said? I light, because the light would bounce off it, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I was wondering, like... Did you say it was lime? Is that a I thing? I think so, isn't it? Lime is what makes things white. Oh, I've got no, I honestly thought it was just white paint. Like I'm no, I think it was lime they used originally. Um, uh, yeah, because I, I would have thought it would be painted white just to make the candles bounce further, you know? And um, then in the end, it's a sort of gift shop type place. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what this room would have been previously. Probably. No, no. It doesn't say... We have seen some um, examples of historical homes on our travels. And for this to be like a worker's cottage, it's decently... There are High School Musical 3 puzzle for sale. Oh yeah, we've got to <laughs> take a photo of that. All these items have been given to Sutan, which is how you pronounce it we were told, to be yeah. sold to help our maintenance fund. Okay, so there's a sort of gift shop, but it's donated items. An and honesty you can box kind of leave thing. a donation and get a little treasure. Oh, that's very cute. And then you can head outside. Oh, here's another little sign post. Satan represents a way of life common on Anglesey, once common on Anglesey, known in Welsh as a tithin. Tithin? Tithin. The simple type of dwelling, together with a few acres of land, formed the basis of an ancient land-holding system throughout rural Wales. <laughs> Life was hard. The diet was basic but nourishing. Okay. Oh, a man called Willem Jones lived in this exact cottage till the 1960s. Huh. Oh, is this a water pump here? I believe so. Yeah, it's a little old water pump next to the wall. Oh, and some farm machinery sort of left around so you can see. Oh yes, and then this bit looks much more modern, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, is this examples of what they would have worn? Yeah. A genuine Welsh lady's hat. Isn't that tall? It's honestly, yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing, if a witch had seen Abraham Lincoln, they'd gone, I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> An old abacus. <gasps> Look at this cape. This cape is incredible. Flat screen TV. Ooh, and then there's some boards on the wall with a bit of a history of the area. Where the house stands at the top of the slipway is the site of the Church Bay Brickworks, which closed around 1908. The slipway was built to bring coal from ships and barges up to the yards to fire the kilns. All right. 
Samples of tiles can be seen in Satan, and one tile has been set into the steps on the way down to the beach. The settlers of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, there was a steamer called Annie that was wrecked in 1924. Get wrecked. The skipper and the crew were saved. Hooray. And apparently the captain spent the night here in the village. The bell. Oh, oh gave the ship's bell. Oh. Yeah, which went to the lobster pot and disappeared. Oh, all right. Oh, and a little bit about the restoration of the cottage. Oh, interesting. So they've rebuilt it from ruins. And it could load. Oh, that's really nice. I like it when they do that. It's no, um, gave, it helps unemployed people in the area learn the skills to restore. It's got them starting in business. Oh, that's cool. So I will say, the man on this side doesn't need 80 new thatchers. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, I bet everybody on Anglesey's come and done a school trip here. Yeah, it's where you go. Year four, year five, year yeah. six. Mine was the Somerset Rural Life Museum. Well, we might do that for series three, you know. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you. So right by the museum, you just turn left out of the museum, follow the road round, and you come out in a little bay that is idyllic. I mean, wow. Real nice. Is that Ireland you can see over there? Or is that just cloud haze? I don't know. Um, don't know. Do you know what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to take my shoes off and go and look in some rock pools. Are you going to be cross if I get sand in your car when we're done here? No. Are you recording still? Yeah, we're making a podcast. Oh, that's nice. One shoe off. That's a foot that's been in our shoes since about 8.45. Oh, yeah. Right, shoes are off. I'm getting on some sand. My uh, shoes are on, but I'm also out the sand. You're not going to go paddling? No, I don't think I'm going to go paddling, though. Why not? I want to drive the car. Yeah, but you can... What? I'll put my, I'll put my, my wet feet back in my shoes. Yeah, but they'd be dry by the time you walk back to the car. I don't believe that. They'll be sandy and damp. Growing up in Kettering, did you go on many beach holidays as a kid? Um, we went to North Wales quite largely. Went to Statin. My granddad had a caravan, which was very nice. And uh, so Kettering's quite obviously quite central. So you sort of you're not that far from your Bognor Regis's, your Lyme Regis's, your Hunstantons. You're really far from Lyme Regis. Yeah, but you know, no way's too far from anywhere. <laughs> we were in Somerset this morning. Yeah. Considering how long it took us to get here, I do feel relaxed pretty instantly upon <laughs> arriving. Well, I imagine it was quite stressful sitting down while I drove the car for six hours. <laughs> it was. I had to entertain you. Do you know what this little bay reminds me of? Um, for my honeymoon, we went to Crete, and on the south coast of Crete, there's a place called Matala, um, which is a bay very much like this like one. A bay's a bay, isn't it? The car to get in. Exactly that. And in so where the bay is on our right hand side, like the stretch of land heads up, there's caves in the rocks there that have been around since like prehistoric times. But in the 60s and 70s, old hippies used to come and live in them, like Joni Mitchell lived in them for a while oh, wow. and Bob Dylan and stuff. Um, and uh, you know, it's a Greek beach, so it's slightly whiter sand and 
fancier, nicer than than this, but more attractive sunbathers. Yeah, I mean, I was there, so of course. Wait, wait. And Tom's fit. Tom is so fit. I really fancy my husband. It's probably safe enough to leave my handbag, isn't it? Yeah, I'll pop my shoes off then. He's coming in the water. He's coming in the water. He's coming in the water. Will's coming in the sea. I'm just taking my... It's nice, isn't it? Make that noise again for the listeners. Oh. My friend Jamie doesn't like sand, the feeling of sand on him. And when we were in year 10, my school did like a trip to Brazil. One of those, you know, it's like two, I didn't go. You go trekking and whatever. Jamie sure. went to Brazil on this thing and he didn't shut up at it for two years. But also, <laughs> um, he went to Copacabana Beach, didn't take his socks and shoes off. <laughs> That might be the most British Midlands thing I've no, ever the, heard. No, thank you. I don't like sand. What's that? I don't know. Is it just a really smooth rock? I think so. Can you hold the microphone while I roll my trousers up? There's no ice cream shop is my only problem with this beach. Now, I have another problem with this beach. As lovely and idyllic as it is, it's just a little bit too far away from anything that isn't it. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? Like... But like the whole of Anglesey, I mean, we got on on one bit and have driven as far away from the bit that we got on as we could, and it took us, what, 40 minutes? Oh, yeah. What I mean is, let's say you come for a day at the beach. Yeah. If you've forgotten... Oh, it's fresh, that water. But you used to drive from Kettering to Lyme Regis. For a week. Oh, no, it's okay. I thought that wave was going to be much bigger than it is. Oh, it is... Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, listener. The second that that icy cold... Irish sea touched my ankles. I needed a wee wee. <laughs> I love that feeling when the wave goes out and it pulls all the sand out from under your feet. Yeah. Oh, you do annoying. adjust to it quickly, don't you? Oh, that is heaven, actually. We're a, it's probably as far as you can go before my shorts are getting wet. Let's go and see what that big smooth rock is. There's a rock just to our left that looks like a, like a buffalo lying down or something. Part of me thought maybe it's ambergris. What's ambergris? Whale vomit, but it's really expensive. They make perfume out of it. It looks like a big leather bag. It does. I read a lot of things about rock pooling around here, and now I'm here. I'm like, yeah, I bet that is great. I think they're just smooth rocks, William. Yeah, well, they've been buffeted. Um, I think it's quite dangerous to go into these rock pools. It's going to be slippy. Yeah, also, I was just testing out on my foot, it's well slippy. So we're not going to go to it, but it's here. Uh, of course, one of the big problems of rock pools, you should never get in a rock pool, because you'll upset the local animals. Yeah, but who's getting in a rock pool? You squat we, by the we edge. We were about one step away. No, from we weren't. I was there. testing that rock. Where? There, in front of the buffalo rock. I'm glad I got in the water, you know. Good. You can't come on a beach holiday to Wales without getting in the water. That's true. Also, the water's doing that thing where um, if you step it really oh, quick, yeah, it goes yeah. quiggly. I want to get a video of that. Quicksand. <laughs> no, no. Oh my god, we're just walking along the sea, minding this our own business. Is, no, but this is exactly the issue I have. We, we go out, 
have nice days, you spit on me for a start. No matter what I do, whether it be this or other things, someone fucking ruins it. So we're walking along the seafront, just sort of finding a sunbathing spot, and we were chatting about how nice, like, everything is we found some quicksand that we played in for a while like genuine quicksand and um and then we were walking along talking about like oh if we retired you know you'd buy a a caravan just having a nice conversation yeah. upsetting nobody and then nearby there's a couple just playing in the sea a little bit and i'd noticed their dogs it was nice it's a Dalmatian with three legs having a great time yeah he was having a great time frolicking in the sea i really liked him and then he came out the sea up to Will, like stood next to Will as if Will was his owner, stood next to him. Like, not just near. Not near me. Like, practically stood on his face. Like I'd said heel, we come. <laughs> and then he just shook off all of the water all over Will. Very funny. Um, very good. Very funny. Don't worry, Will, I have found my driver's license to oh. show the. Uh, yeah, t- tell the people why. <laughs> we have to show ID at the um, youth hostel tonight to that we're over 16. And I said on the phone, I was like, well, we've already left. Um, I think, like, you'll see us and know. I might deny them a look at mine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just take my hat off and go, look at me. 15-year-old Will Duggan. <laughs> very disappointed at the hand that life's dealt him. This is 15-year-old Will Duggan. Smokes 3,000 cigarettes a day just by the handful. Not a glass of water since 2010. <laughs> just put single malt whiskey on his cornflakes every morning. <laughs> He's discovered the anti- anti-moisturiser and bathes in it. B- bathes in white wine vinegar every evening. <laughs> his mattress is made of sandpaper and he sleeps face down. <sighs> But we think we are. We're gonna we're gonna try and go and see some standing stones. When it comes to archaeology, Laura, I've always got time. They, they've been there for thousands of years. I can give them fifteen minutes. <laughs> and I'm excited because, as I mentioned, when we first got onto the island, um, what? Uh, Alan out. Uh, <laughs> when we first got onto the island, um, the thing I associate Anglesey with is being like one of the last holdout places that the Celtic tribes of the British Isles sort of managed to hide from the Romans in. The Romans never conquered Anglesey, did they? I don't think so, no. And like, I think it was called Mona back then, but it was like a Druid island. Um, So that's what sort of I relate this place with being. So uh, yeah, I'm quite excited to go and see a standing stone. Also, big Outlander fan. I'm hoping we go back to another time. Where would you want to go back to if we went through these standing stones and ended up somewhere? Maybe 2002? Yeah, alright. Did you have hair then? I had loads of hair in 2002. <laughs> I had so much hair in 2002. <laughs> I, you know, I had too much hair in 2002. On your butt? No, actually, please. <laughs> okay, we've read driven around to um is it Hollyhead or Holyhead? I think it's Hollyhead. Yes, I think so too, okay. Driven handbrake? Driven round to Hollyhead uh, to the Standing Stone. Unfortunately, the biggest like Standing Stone ring on Anglesey is um, closed at the moment. Uh, I'm assuming for like repair work. Well, a lot of those, the older Standing Stones, you're not. The thing about Standing Stones is there are so many of them. Um, 
and they're not really a lot of them aren't on public rights of way and they're not um they're not things to go and see mm. so it might just be on someone's land also if it's a bigger one a more important one you know like stonehenge you can't actually go into the stones yeah. um your hands are so acidic and mine like, everyone's oh. yours particularly <laughs> I love it when you're on a subject that you really know about. Your tone really changes. <laughs> you can't. The thing is, guys, you um. But yeah, there might just be. There's nothing. There's not so much to see or do there. They're kind of important just because they exist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a very modern idea to be like, well, it exists. I want to see it. Some things aren't for you. Yeah, I mean, like. But this one. This is for one you. really feels like it's not for us because we we've we've parked on some bloody well, double yellows. So we parked definitely near an RAF training ground, killed a couple of fighter jets, and then there was a man in a high vis. So I was like, mate, can I just park it for a few minutes before I go and see the standing stone? And he went, oh, there's all these bays. That's where I park with my missus. So what he thinks me and Laura are up to, I don't think is innocent, is yeah. what we are in fact up we, to. We just had a conversation about how we both find comedians that use dogging as a punchline very disappointing and boring and route one. However, um, it does feel like that's what this area is for. There's a premier in over the road. And uh, also for that, because every single one of these bays does have just a single car in it with a couple waiting. Yes. If you for li- us. If you listen, you can hear the hear rumble yeah, of the fighter jets. So that standing stone is taller than I thought it would be. Yeah, they're. A lot of them as well, they go a lot deeper because um, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so you probably can't go into the field. No. Because that will be somebody's land, somebody's right of way. So it's your classic standing stone, it's on top of a. Is that a men here? I don't know. What poo is this? Goat poo? Yeah. Cool. Um, so it's a ditch with a, a, a barrowy look. So this is. I mean, it's men like, here. you can oh, get in there. Oh, great, men here. It's just Welsh for standing stone. And in uh, French, because that's what Obelix made, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. All right, so it was set in the early Bronze Age. So, guys, it's not me. I'm out. It's after mine. Uh, 2000 to 500 BC was the Bronze Age. Burials of that period. So, it's a burial. A burial it's standing. your stone age. Yeah. So, I end. I end when this begins. A guidebook to the ancient monuments of Anglesey is on sale at Beaumaris Castle. Yeah, but they wouldn't let us in. So we tried to get permission to include Beaumaris Castle in this episode, and they were having none of it. So yeah, it's good. It's really old. You're not allowed to touch them. Don't touch it. Yeah, they're under the care of the Secretary of State for Wales. I wonder who that is. It's quite curvy, isn't it? Yeah, man. I want, I'm not going to touch it. I'm going to be really good, because I do like preserving this kind of thing, but... So somebody moved it here. Yeah, and also erected it. So you get standing stones and recumbent stones. Right. Recumbent stones are just flat. That bird's touching it. That bird's a bird, it's cool. Get shot by the Secretary of State for Wales if you're not careful. So, <laughs> imagine that. Just a bloke in a suit <laughs> taking out ravens. It almost looks wooden. It's got real, like, spirally grain through it. But if you think, like... Yeah, it does. It looks almost, they say wooden, petrified almost and stuff mm. on it because, but it shouldn't be like that. It's been put up by someone at a time. Uh, so there you go, it's a standing stone. We're 
just driving to our next destination and honestly the view is absolutely incredible that is so that's snowdonia is it over there it's, yeah the national park snowdonia national park i don't know if we can see snowdon the peak uh, and if we can or which one it is but it's just incredible isn't it it's like lord of the rings and yeah. it's just incredible it's a real like we're getting sort of towards the evening now it's 20 past six and there's sort of misty sun you know when sun gets a bit misty that's yeah. sort of settling in so it just looks a bit vague and beautiful and i was just saying to will i think like there's a couple of houses back there that overlook there's like a valley and then just these mountains just spring up out of really it's not like the hills get bigger and bigger and then it's there it's like doop de doop rolling countryside boom mountains well we've pulled up in a uh, car park a raggedyish car park will why have you brought me here we are at the village with the long name okay so this now, is i'm gonna have a go at pronouncing it Lanvir pool Gwyngil Goger U And that's all I can see. Okay, so as far as I know, it's Clanvir Pool Gwyngil Gogerith in Dropis Antasiliogogoch. I love it. Now we'll ask Kiri, who is and speaks Welsh. Um but I think I did a pretty good job. So um it's a very, very small village. Um and has it always been called this, or did they extend the name to um, win some sort of longest name anywhere? So, prize? in English, it means something like the Pool of St. Mary with the blah, 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 blah. It's really long. Um, but It looks like it's got the word brilliant in it. Um, it also has almost Robbie Williant. Mm. Um, but uh, Kiri used to do a joke that it changed its name to attract more tourism but we'll ask her about it when we talk to her yeah should we get a nice photo of you underneath the sign yeah and maybe a drink in that pub over there finally finally <laughs> a fucking pint so here we are had a lovely day out we've decompressed and we're sat down now to have a nice chat with my friend and yours Kiri Pritchard-McLean hello Kiri Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. This is so nice because we haven't actually got to do one of these face-to-face yet. Oh, really? They've all been like over the computer. <laughs> uh, we had a lovely time. We thought we'd have a chat with you about why you love why you love the island, what we should call the island, your favourite things, and then the little tidbits that you want to share with our audience. Okay, great. Right, yeah, here's my first question. Do we call it Innisfan, Anglesey, or my preferred one, Mona? Oh, Mona, interesting. Well, I guess it's um, who you hold in greater reverence. So Mona is what the Romans called it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it was, It was. it's the amazing thing about the island. It's, it's been incredibly important to lots of influential people over the course of history. So the Romans called it Mona, um, which is sort of where this morn comes from. And there is still a um, village, it's not really a town, on the island called Mona, which holds our biggest and best car boot sale every Sunday. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm quite sad you can't, but it's the only way that we know how to truly show reverence, <laughs> is to sell some rusty tools on a blanket every Sunday. Walk back a weekend, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. honestly, it's worth it. If you're, um, my partner and I went a couple of weekends ago, and, and I, I am very lucky I do a radio show on Sundays from um, BBC Radio Wales in Bangor, 
I'm good. And now I was like, right, I need to be there at 12, so let's get up really early. So we got there as it opened at 7 o'clock, paid our pound into a bucket. It's that kind of vibe. <laughs> and then we went to a store with a guy and bought a um, ashtray, which I'm sure you're going to partake in at some point. Nope. Well. well, we went and bought this ashtray because we got lots of friends who smoke and we don't want cigarette butts, so we got this nice ashtray. And the guy said, uh, he said, oh, do your... It was like five past seven. It opens at seven. He said, do you my my first sale? And we were like... Yeah, I should, I should think so. And he was like, I've been here since five. And I was like, well, no one else is here <laughs> until seven o'clock. So I guess get here at half six. Just sat in the dark. This is unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those places where you have to like bring your own toilet roll. And um, they uh, there's loads, loads of sort of like burger vans and loads of uncastrated dogs wandering around. <laughs> it's, it's a great experience if you're ever back here on a Sunday. I do recommend Mona, can boot sale. Um, and so, yeah, so Mona was the Roman name. And then I had always thought that Anglesey was the anglicised version of the name. So have been um, in sort of respect of, uh, I guess, learning the Welsh language, but also appreciating how much history we're losing by losing the Welsh names of places and, and taking on the anglicised versions. Um, I've got a great example of that later. Um, is uh, I've been trying to call it Ernest Morn. Um, Ernest just means island and then Morn um, and it's known it's, it's got a few names um, so um, the island known, is known as Morn Mam Cymru which is Morn the mother of Wales oh, okay. oh wow um, yeah it's also been known as the bread basket of Wales because we grew so much wheat here which is why there's so many mills now derelict there's only one working one um, which Neil needs its sales repairing. Um, but yeah, there's um, it, it was it basically provided all the sort of wheat and the bread for the whole of Wales. Um, and it was also known as the the nine of Wales, and nine is a Northwalian word for grandma. And Aww. so yeah, it's seen as sort of like an overseer of the country of Wales, which is a lovely thing. Um, and then so yeah, um, Anglesey actually is from the Iron Age. And S-E-Y denotes an island, like Guernsey and Jersey. And then Angle is from Ingle, who was an Iron Age leader who had his encampment in the village that I actually grew up in, not far from here, um, Chambre de Gorg. And they discovered, maybe about 10 years ago now, on a farm, um, yeah, not far from here, that this Iron Age um, sort of camp and settlement, and they found loads of very important artifacts there so that's where that name comes from so really you can kind of call it what you want and you're not getting it wrong which is unusual for wales yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you you were talking about mona because laura's yeah. been reading some books about the roman invasion and it's like the island the island is one of the few places the romans just didn't get at all mm. like how they didn't really get Wales much no they didn't get yeah. much like much of north and mid and obviously west Wales but Mona was like where, you know when Boudicca sacked Colchester big time that was because the governor at the time had led his troops up to try and take Mona to try yeah. and dig out the last of the Druids so the removal of those legions was what left Colchester unprotected and made her able mm. to sack cool. it I wish you were here a bit longer because you could meet my brilliant friend Maggie Noggy who is a drag queen and Chris who is the creator of Maggie Noggy is also the head of the Anglesey Druids and I'm so sad you're not here is to meet Maggie Chris. Is Maggie Noggy the 
the drag queen that you did this yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was really, you did yeah. the Welsh thing. That was really, yeah. really good show, that. And also works in the daytime in a mortuary for the NHS doing autopsy. So he's the most interesting human in the world. And so loads of my history has come from uh, Chris. I was call, uh, call him Maggie. Um, Chris, because Chris, as a druid, has a huge appreciation of the history and you know, the, the landscape from here and has, has taught me an awful lot and an awful lot about the Druids here. So they were pretty amazing because the front line of Defence of the Druids were, they're called Furies, but they were the women who painted themselves yeah. black. There's an island right down on the Menai Straits called Black Rock, I think it's called Craig D, which is Welsh for Black Rock, where they would go and no men were allowed and it's where they would do sort of their incantations and they'd be almost naked fighting painted black. And People were terrified of them. And then you would have the druids at the very back doing sort of um, divinations. But there would be... Basically, the first line of defence was these terrifying women, wow. druid women. Because what's amazing about the Welsh language is the, the village name will tell you the history thing. So the village I grew up in, for instance, Llambedr-Gor. Bedr is a mutation of Peder, which is Peter, and Gorch is a mutation of Koch, which is red. So it's just the lad here was ginger and called Peter. <laughs> so it's basically like Peter the ginger vicar, and that's his parish. But largely, your um, churches will be named after the parish and, and vice yeah. versa. But there's one on the island, San something, and I can't remember off the top of my head. I know there's a great Annie's Orphans there. Um, and it, it's St. Mary's Church. And in this parish, is rumoured to be a resting place of the Virgin Mary. Now, of course, that's probably not true, <laughs> but there was a lot of women knocking around that time being like, um, I'm, a, I'm the one with the Immaculate Conception. There was about 15 of them, and one of them is said to have pilgrimaged here because uh, to meet the Druids, who by some factions were known as sort of the, the original Hebrews, that they thought there was some sort of link oh. to them. And then they did, I think it's Bangor University, uh, went to that very sacred site in the river and they found that there was um, sort of the markings, like there was a grave there, like organic um, matter, but you couldn't tell what it was, whether it was animal or whatever. Um, but they found a stone and on it was marked um, the sign of the Virgo, which is for virgin. So there's like rumours that the um, that this is the one of the last resting places of the Virgin Mary. Um, but I don't believe it. But it's no, lovely it's a, to say, isn't it? It's a wonderful story. Yeah. Hell of a walk from Bethlehem. <laughs> well, He's not a donkey. A, yeah, you change a few donkeys there, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. No, we visited the Clan by PG, as mm-hmm. you've heard. Now, we were talking about the name of it. And I remember a stand-up routine you used to do where you would translate. Mm-hmm. But then the joke was that it was change of 70s. And Laura asked me, is it, like, what does it mean, actuality? And is it a marketing tourism thing i well it is a very a long description some of the which i can't translate but like so pushquin is the white pool um so okay so ger is near and then ogar at the end ogogor is ogar is cave and gorch is red so it's basically it's like it's sort of like near the white whirlpool and there's some trees and then it's there's a red cat. It's basically like you're going, go up there a bit, mate, and then yeah. turn left at the end and then <laughs> keep going. You're going to want to bear right, but actually bear left. There. It's, it's basically a very long description of what it is. There's an but old yew like, tree. Well, there was 20 years ago. My <laughs> yeah. And, well, obviously don't drag yew tree into it. Come on. We like, saw a yew tree, We did, we? yeah. There are a lot nicer the, than you'd expect. With the white berries. Uh, no, it's just a real twisty trunk, wasn't twi- it? Twisty oh, trunk, really? zero peds. 
<laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All I want to do is make a nice podcast and you have to keep ruining it. <laughs> so we had a lovely day on the island. Mm-hmm. For people that ha- still are not sold, can you just try... Why should people come and visit? Like, not necessarily why they should go and see, but why, if you're sat there going, what should I do today? Get in the car, come over the Menai Straits and come to Innes Mon. <laughs> come to Anglesey. <laughs> um, well, interesting. I think lots of people have already. So the population... A lot of scousers here today. Yeah, isn't there? The population of Anglesey typically is 70,000. And then um, uh, my partner works at like a local sort of tourist attraction. And the council were there the other day chatting about some stuff. And a representative from the council said, so this must have been... I don't know when this podcast is going out, but it must have been sort of um, beginning of August... Um, can you guess how many people are on the island? So 70,000 typically. Um, I'm going to say 120,000. Okay, right. Uh, I'm going to say 121,000. Oh, okay, 240,000. That's, that's, that's too many. <laughs> it's too many. Yeah, so I would say it's wonderful to bring families. The air is one of the... We're in the top six cleanest airs. You don't want to go to Orkney. Like, who's going up there? <laughs> like, it's, we're accessible. We're quite easy to get to. We're about three hours 15 on the train from London um, and about two hours drive from, from Manchester. Um, we're surrounded by beautiful beaches. It is an island. Um, the food is pretty good, depending on where you I go. I was going to ask this, because that's the one thing missing from our day out, is we haven't really... Been anywhere for eating. That McDonald's was super. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely brutal. Because for, for the for everyone listening, we have made them pizzas. Well, yes, my partner and I have been cooking the pizzas. We, we just had wonderful pizzas with you, but we can't encourage people to listen to this podcast and then drop by your yeah, house. Like, Kerry's has a pizza. <laughs> we'll drop your address in the show notes, and they can drop it. But where would where should you go for like? Firstly, a lunch mm-hmm. with kids. Secondly, a dinner. No kids. It's a sexy romance meal. Oh, okay, Where great. Where should we go? Oh, good thing. Right, with kids. Interesting. I mean, I would. I there's a long list of chippies I would recommend <laughs> at yes, different please. parts of the island. Yes, please. Uh, well, I, on my Instagram, I've got a thing called Unis Eats because I forget everything and I put it in the highlights in there. Not that I'm pushing my social media. Oh, please so, do. So um, in Benchech, which is sort of my side of the island. There's a there's two chippies and I would recommend Finney's, which also does vegan and gluten free, and it's right next to the beach. And uh, Benchlech is beautiful, beautiful beach. Uh, there's also a really beautiful um, little vegan cafe in Manorbridge called Green Olive, which is fantastic. Um, it's tiny, um, and Olive, who runs it, is a really good egg and works really hard. And they've done. Can brilliantly. you be a good egg if you're vegan? I, I, yes, apparently you can. Yeah, <laughs> a good but it's like powdered yeah. weird. It's got black salt in it. Chippy yeah. water, really, isn't it? <laughs> she is a really good <laughs> aquafaba. That's yeah. what she is. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Aquavita's whiskey. <laughs> I think Aquavita is um, pierce, right? Great. Well, vegan, though. Not <laughs> that, vegan, animal. But, but I know that from the League of Gentlemen where they say Aquavita and it's when they drink their own wee. My God. I watched it. I've just. Completely irrelevant. I watched the live at Drury Lane the other day. How funny that is. It's good. It's really good. Um, right, I think that's... If any, anything else oh, you Oh, and then, oh, then no, posh sorry. dinner. Oh, yeah. Yes, posh yeah. dinner. Okay, so again, a little bit harder because we are Vigos. Actually, I would really recommend... I've got a slight agenda here because they are my friends, but Halen Morn is the best salt in the world that you will ever have. Mm. Uh, Barack Obama had it in the White House. I'll send you some away with some because we've got loads here. Um, and it's in Brunschenken and it's made... 
uh, in a completely unique way, which is why it's so good and it has massive crystals. And it's the water from the Menai Straits, and it's uh, it's just this gorgeous sea salt. But they also have a, a cafe there, which has great coffee called Tide, and they do um, what they call like pop-up restaurants, like pop-up food. And the chefs they've had are absolutely incredible, and they sell it really quickly, and they do it outside in this beautiful teepee overlooking the Menai Straits. You can see Carnarvon Castle, oh, the yeah. whole of Snowdonia. Kerry, thank you so much. Yeah, is that okay? For the pizza and the chat. Yeah, yeah you're um, so welcome. Those are my two two things. I succeed at. I mean, is there anything that you want to plug? Are you doing this? Will probably go out within, uh, within two a, weeks. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh mm, well, yeah. If you are on the island, um, I guess yeah, go to Tide because I I do comedy nights there fairly infrequently. When I feel like I need to run out a new show, I'll go and do a gig there in a teepee, and it's really fun. Um, so yeah, that would be. I think there's another one at sort of the end of September. Um, yeah, but there'll be some uh, coming up because I've got to desperately do it, get a tour together. Great, uh, and you can follow Kiri on social media. Mm-hmm. You are at Kiri Pritchard Muck MC. Yeah, yeah uh, on everything. Yeah, Kira Pritchard McLean, I think, on Instagram. And Kira Pritchard MC on Twitter. And your phone number is. <laughs> uh, nice one. Cheers, Kira. Thank you. Cheers. Well, we're at the. Um, I want to call it a hotel to make us sound fancy, but we're in a youth hostel. That's where we are. That's who we are. Yeah, we're here. Uh, we're in Conway. Yes. We drove past the castle walls. I'd love it if we were the sort of people to get up early enough to go and look at that before we go tomorrow. Now, maybe we could be those people, but we're leaving very early tomorrow. We're, we are. We're, we're a long way from home. So, what a lovely episode. What a lovely day. A lovely chat with Kiri. Uh, a lovely day on Innisfarne, Anglesey, Mona. Yes. And if you've enjoyed it, please tell us. Um, we put a lot of effort into these. I think you can hear it, and I think you can tell we have fun. But um, we love interacting with people that like the podcast, so um, we can be found on all social medias at Treasures Pod. That is us. You can email us, nationaltreasurespodcast at gmail.com. And we have a Patreon if you really like us and you think, Christ, they sound tired, and they're definitely far away from their home, and we know that Will's cars are diesel. That's expensive. Uh, you can you can pay us some money at patreon.com forward slash nationaltreasures. Um, we give you a lot for your money. We, do you know what we do? Someone was saying to me the other day that we are they pay to three or four patrons, and we are amongst the most like, oh my god, this is actually worth it rather than just paying things. Like you get an extra weekly bonus podcast, you get a welcome pack. If you in the levels, you get a live stream once a month. Laura will knit you something. I'll write you a song. Yeah. If you give us too much money, you can come and live with me. So um. <laughs> Somebody went to quite a high patron level the other day, and my girlfriend's now terrified that someone's going to, for a joke, give us 500 quid a month, and then come and live with us. Yeah, but f- they have to do that for like... Six months. No, I thought we'd made it years. I think we made it six months. Did we? <laughs> Still, worth it. So, would you like to live with Will, is what we're saying. Anyway, what a wonderful episode. We're going to sleep like the dead tonight. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.